this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. What is up, everybody? <laughs> Normally, I don't show the start to show that badly, but like, I gotta tell you, man, I don't know what's going on. Like, there there may literally be a gas leak today because I am having so much trouble just trying to focus and keep things on the normal. I couldn't remember how to start my own show. I mean, like. I gotta tell you, to be perfectly honest, like, it's not really even all that complicated, like, on a good day. Like, it's not even all that complicated on a bad day. I just, I feel like I was hitting the wrong buttons, and then, like, I couldn't remember to turn my microphone on, and then, like, I had to bring up the sound. It's like, I don't know what's gonna happen when I turn, like, 85 and I'm still doing this show, but I think it's gonna be pretty rough going. <laughs> um, so, I left all my notes. All the way over there. So, <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, everybody. It is a uh, beautiful uh, February 15th, 2024. I realized in last week's show I didn't say the date, which is something I always do, uh, and I did not. I do it for a couple of reasons. One, so we know the date of the show for archival purposes, because I didn't used to, and I never knew what show I was looking to looking at unless I titled it properly, which I didn't always. So that seemed kind of important. I also lose, I usually line up so that when I'm saying like you know whatever the date is, the thing comes in, or actually it comes in from this side and says what the top 20 and the date, but uh, yeah, I didn't do that last week, and I was like looking for it, I was like, oh, I guess I just forgot, so today, uh, yeah, yeah, February 15th, uh, 2024, um, we are almost out of winter, right, two-thirds, almost, two-thirds, and the Northeast finally got its first real snowstorm in like two to three years, and even that was like barely a snowstorm, I really, I had a, I had a meeting scheduled for, I guess, Tuesday, um, <clears throat> And it was funny because the, the dude I was meeting with is kind of like one of like my new de facto bosses, I think. But uh, he was like, you know, can we, he, on Monday, he was like, can we meet tomorrow? And I was like, well, uh, he's from Jersey, so he kind of understands some of this stuff. I was like, well, we're expecting like one of those Northeasters here. So, excuse me, Nor'easter. I forgot the apostrophe. Nor'easters. So uh, we are either going to get two inches or 11 feet of snow. And I really just don't know. And, uh, it seems like we lose power less when um, we have a lot more snow. It seems like we we lose it more when uh, it's a little bit. But I think I think the reason we lose power when it's just like a little bit of bad weather is because people around here just can't drive, uh, and I think they crash into telephone poles and knock our power out, like the old-fashioned way. I don't think the power is just getting shut off at the plant or our cables are snapping. I think honestly, people are just being idiots and can't drive. I will say I was walking up to my chiropractor yesterday and the snow is not fully shoveled, right? Like on people, people don't shovel on walkways and stuff like that. Um, and uh, it was, it was a little treacherous, but like what was really, I guess, obnoxious is like, you know, sometimes I'm like forced to walk like on the, like in the shoulder, the shoulder of the road and stuff like that. And cars are still just drifting into it. Like, 
Hey man, I'm literally just walking here, so like I realize when I'm wherever I'm walking on a somewhat main street, like I am, I have to be constantly aware that I have to, I might have to just dive off into the side, huh? you know, out of out of nowhere. Like it's it's really bad. Also, like I want to point out to people that walk, there are other people that walk in the world. Um, the proper place to walk on a street is you are supposed to walk against traffic. All vehicles are supposed to go the same way, but pedestrians are supposed to go against traffic. That is so they can see you, but mainly so that you can see them. It really drives me crazy when people walk on the wrong side of the road. Like, one, it's just stupid. Do you, Are you not even realizing that there are cars behind you that could just be swerving right into the shoulder and could just hit you, and you are not even going to notice? I mean, like, dude, wake up, Stunad. Like, seriously, like... This should be, like, obvious. Like, the, I I get so uncomfortable when I have to do that for, like, a minute. Uh, the only exceptions to that is, obviously, when there's sidewalks. If there's a sidewalk on one side of the street and not on the other, then you can use that. But if you're walking on a street, on the actual asphalt, you're supposed to walk against traffic. I don't know why people don't know that. But then I, got, I really got to stop being so surprised at what people don't know because people are absolutely just complete hard R's about everything, most things these days, but they're also not being taught anything. But like the old wisdom of like conventional and common sense is like gone. It's just lost on people. It's And it's not even like a particular generation. Like there are people from older than me all the way down, like just, they just don't get it. They just don't understand because they don't have the capacity for, for intellectual thought, I think is really what it is. I know I've cited this example to my daughter a bunch. Uh, we were on the soccer field like maybe like two or three years ago. Uh, now Charlotte happens to be very gifted mathematically. It's just, it's just something she's really good at. It actually it sort of runs in my family. Like I am very very good at math, um, but like I am you know like dog shit compared to like my cousin Mark, who is just brilliant mathematician. Uh, my father was a really good you know really strong mathematically. Um, but like, so it's it's not unusual, right, for me to be around somebody that's like really, really gifted in math. And Charlotte is basically, you know, she's in calculus for fun at this point at like a math academy. You know, so she's there. But we were saying on a, she was, we were on a soccer field, I'm going to go with like maybe two years ago, and the girls on the team were complaining about their math, which was probably rudimentary algebra at that point, which Charlotte is just really had gone past. Um. But they were they were complaining about like how hard it was, and she kind of like pulled me over to the side, and she was like, "Dad, I don't really like I don't think math's that hard." And I just told her I was like, "Look, you're just gonna have to get used to that because you're just particularly gifted in mathematics. Like, just just is what it is." But I realized that like, and I know that I've said this on the show, like there there are bell curves for intelligence, right? And that I'm not even talking about education or wisdom. I'm talking about just intelligence. There's bell curves for it. So when you are somebody like me, and I'm not trying to be a dick about this and just saying a fact, when you're somebody that's on the upper side of that bell curve, right, you have to realize that once when you're in the middle, 50% of the people on that curve are going to be less intelligent than you are. So the further you move to the other side, you're going to have a lot more less intelligent people. And I feel like that that is one of my bigger frustrations over the past 10 years, even when I've talked like socioeconomic uh, economic issues or political stuff, like I used to say all the time, like the, the people I'm arguing with, like on Facebook, when I would go on, on Facebook and argue some of this stuff are people that are just so stupid. Like they just don't have the capacity and it's not even their fault. They don't even have the capacity to understand some of these things, some of these comments, uh, some of these situations. I'm sorry. I am 
so goddamn tired today. It feels like I'm asleep, like, behind my eyes. I know I clocked the hours for being asleep, but it just didn't, like, like they didn't notify. Like, they, nobody in my brain was told, because my brain is, like, completely exhausted and just not focusing, so... I may make a lot of mistakes today. It still doesn't mean I'm dumb enough to believe that, you know, former President Trump didn't commit all those crimes. Um, I think it's shaking. That's bad. I see. I fixed it. Fixed it all by myself. I don't know why. Like, my laptop keeps wanting to do stuff every time we start the show. It's like, I guess it's because it's like it's everything's programmed to go at noon. It's like, hey, do you want to reboot your system right now? It's like, did you see how I just turned you on? So, probably not. That's also not a phrase. So anyway, all my notes are over there, so I don't have any housekeeping. But I will say that uh, I think, um, if I remember correctly, uh, on Bacon is My Podcast, they are they had the sleeping on, or at least the dude from the sleeping. I think they were pretty sure they were like a local thing. So I feel like the dude from the sleeping owned a piece of Amityville Music Hall for a little while or something. I forget what the deal is, but you can check that out. Um, the Discussions and Drinks is out. I was listening to the last Discussions and Drinks. I know I, I was talking about it last week the show uh it was just super interesting for me i i I don't know what everybody else's takeaway but it was interesting to hear jimmy and mike talk about um kind of like what i was saying like about how like we have like these these groups of people that listen like you know these are people that we ask for their feedback on certain songs and certain music and uh mikey actually brought up or asked jimmy like does he have specific people he asks for specific things and i thought that was interesting but like kind of the takeaway was um that when you are a songwriter that goes through like the production process, like you can just send, like me for example, like you can send me a rough idea. Like Andy Sexton from Off the Turnpike does this all the time. Like he'll send me something that's clearly being recorded either in a uh, very dangerous hallway, hallway in Soho or his bathroom. And it's like I can, you know, I realize it's not the final product, but I can hear like the song and I don't need the full production uh, vibe of it and stuff like that, which is a very valuable thing early on in a song. But Jimmy was talking about how sometimes he'll send stuff to Brian Speaker and uh, he'll <laughs> he'll get basically a barrage back of everything that's wrong with the song. And, like, it's just so, so funny because I I used to get <laughs> I used to get that from my producer that produced uh, the first three Rebel 9 records, uh, Race with Diaries, Reality Crush, and Do No Harm. And sometimes he would send me stuff back and he would be like, yeah, you know, it's awful everything's awful this is wrong this is this is incorrect because it's like it's a hyper technical review like when you're sending into a uh, producer uh, and then like at the very end it's like you know you'll get like 30 things wrong and then at the very end be like yeah it's a good song though it's like <laughs> but i mean that is the job i just it was so funny to sort of just for me to relate to that um uh, they were drinking butter soda, which uh, I would not recommend. I'm not going to do that. They they were talking about doing butter soda with some crab legs. I honestly don't know if they're going to be doing a uh, cooking is my passion or whatever whatever it is the Patreon show is. But like, keep an eye out for that, I guess, because that might be that might be funny or interesting. I just every time I eat like anything that's like even remotely different, like I just think about like how much I am not good at doing any of that stuff. Like, I, I just, I have no tolerance at, at all. Like, I was watching uh, John Oliver on Hot Ones. I like John Oliver. And uh, he, he was just, he was acting kind of like I act. Like, when you eat something, it's like, oh, this is absolutely dreadful and awful or whatever. It's like, very funny. Sorry, I feel like I'm all over the place. So, 
I really, I really am so goddamn tired. Um, I want to do a quick new segment for you today that we're going to start. I'd like to make my after the fact Super Bowl prediction now, and I think, uh, I believe that it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Think they're going to win the Super Bowl? Think they're going to win the Super Bowl this past weekend? Uh, it was funny. I, I was. I do not care. Um, I do. I do not care about football. I, I'm not somebody that watches football. Uh, as I'm sure any listener of mine knows. Uh, really, the only sport I follow at all is uh, women's professional soccer, and I don't even really follow the club teams so much. I mean, although Goth- the Gotham Football Club might be something worth watching this year, uh, they've signed uh, Rose Lavelle is here now and a couple other players from the professional team like that's going to be pretty badass to, to watch um so check that out but certainly whenever we're on the world stage both men's and women's but primarily the women's world cup is what i and the olympics is, is what i what i follow but i do find that i tend to watch the super bowl every year i think it's because it's on a sunday so i can like physically i am able and available to watch um but also, in my head, it's just very much like, yep, these are the two best teams, you would think. Probably, maybe, I don't know. Probably the two best teams, so it's probably going to be a pretty good game. And, you know, statistically, there's not a whole lot of, like, Super Bowl blowouts, so they're usually pretty good games. Um, but I was not watching it. I just I totally spaced on it. I actually spaced on the Puppy Bowl, which bummed me out because I had to go back and try and find the Puppy Bowl because, you know, Team Rough versus Team Fluff never failed to... Uh, Never, never disappoint. They never fail to impress. So I always try and watch that. Also, I think it's a, just a great idea. I mean, every, all, all those dogs get adopted like every single year. So great. Awesome. But I did end up watching it. I thought it was a fantastic game. I I am not a fan of any particular team. I know that probably seems odd because we are just so tribal in the world these days that you know I understand why people from Buffalo hate people from Pittsburgh like for 13 weeks during the year. Like I get it. Like, that's just how that the human tribal mentality kind of work but i don't i don't particularly have a team what i do is i actually like particular players and i am a huge pat mahomes fan now i do not know a whole lot about him i i've known what i've barely read over the past four to five years about him uh he seems like a good dude uh i do know that the first time i really experienced him as a player was when they lost to i think I don't know if they lost to Tampa Bay. I forget. But they lost to Tom Brady. So I think it was, I think it might have been when Tampa Bay won last time. And immediately after the game, like they're still on the field, Mahomes came up to Brady and congratulated him. Like, now, honestly, I wasn't there, so I don't know. He could have just shook his hand, gave him a hug, and be like, I'm going to kill you. But like, I just don't think that's what happened. And that's also not quite the rap on Mahomes either. He's a younger dude. He's worked really hard. He's like, apparently, like, Wells liked in the in the league and stuff like that and while I don't find that to be unusual in terms of sportsmanship like you should have that level of sportsmanship I'm frustrated often with it the lack of sportsmanship in youth sports and I feel like the force like we got to shake hands at the end of the game but like you can just play like animals the, the during the game I think is just I think it's just it's poorly it's poorly done I, I think it's a horrible idea but I saw him do that, and I, what I liked about it is that it, it was, I consider it to be the right way to do things, and it was a very public, national spotlight sort of thing on the right way to do things. 
Uh, you know, and I did not see the quarterback of the 49ers do that this time to Mahomes. So, like, and I didn't see it last time either. And so I just don't think it's all that common of a thing. And I think it ought to be. But, like, that level of just, like, this is set, we're playing this sport together. And I respect you for playing this sport. And I respect you for being on the same field as I do. I think it's, it's a class act. So ever since then, I thought Pat Mahomes was, like, a much more worthy individual of my attention plus dude i love watching that guy play i mean there's just something about the way he plays the game the way he throws the ball the fact that he gets more first downs than i ever would like it's just it's just great to watch him play i think i think i think he's like 28 years old like i keep thinking he's like 14 but like he's a young dude man and if he goes the distance like the brady just went and you know to be 40 years old and still playing I mean, he's got 12 more Super Bowls. He's already won three. He's got three rings. He's won the, the, the uh, NFL MVP three times. So he's already tied with Joe Montana of San Francisco 49ers, I believe, which I think is a pretty impressive feat for such for such a young age. Like, he's won, what, three out of the last four Super Bowls? Like, dude, what were you doing over the last four Super Bowls? Not winning them. I assure you that. Unless Tom Brady is listening, you were not winning any of the last four Super Bowls. Pretty sure Pat Mahomes isn't, because uh, they're probably still reeling from all the all the nonsense in Kansas City. And isn't it a good idea, like, to bring guns to like a Kansas City uh, for Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, like ticker tape parade kind of thing? It's such a good idea. I'm so glad the NRI keeps keeps forcing all these guns in everybody's hands, everybody's hands, because nobody ever gets hurt, and it's always the right thing to do, right? Right, NRI? Isn't that right? Anyway, so it was really nice to see. But what was funny, there was a scene. Uh, scene they were commenting in the fourth quarter because uh, somebody had gotten hurt like Taurus socks or whatever but the, the announcers were saying uh, like how everyone's really tired you know so like now you're gonna see like the stamina kind of kick in and that was really true I mean Mahomes just like marched his team down the field super fast super fast but Charlotte, who has played soccer since she was four years old, understands what it's actually like to play a full game. Because in soccer, you know, you don't get breaks, right? Like, you get, like, position times where the ball isn't by you and you kind of just hang out. But you don't get break. You get 45 minutes and then you get injury time and then you get some time off. And then you get another 45 minutes injury time. You just go the whole time. So she was just like, I don't understand. Like, aren't these, like, elite athletes? Like, why are they tired? Like, they didn't, they're ba- barely playing every other minute of a 15-minute quarter. And I just looked at her and I was like, well, that's exactly the big myth that is football. And it's also why every fat fuck in America thinks that they can play football. They can't. Uh, but, you know, that's why they think they can do it. But, like, you know, you get, like, basketball players and, like, soccer players, and they're looking at, like, all the timeouts and the huddle and, the you know, the clock and all that other stuff. And they're like, what are you even doing? Like, why are you so – like, what you never hear is people being, like, in baseball, whoa, they're so tired, unless they get to, like, the 95th inning. But, like, football players, it's, like, constantly, like, oh, man, they're so tired. It's like, dude, you were just kneeling for half of that. Like, what What do we even – what do we even do about I don't, I don't feel comfortable critiquing football players because it's not not a job I can do. So they're in definitely better shape than I am. I just I thought it was funny to get the perspective from a soccer player. I will I will tell you, and then I'll move on. Not that anybody asked, but I did something so stupid this week. Uh, I don't even understand like how. Well, I understand how it happened. I just <laughs> so one of the things I do when I walk. Sometimes I walk to my gym. It's 25 minutes away, so sometimes I go there. And what I've been trying to do is walk to the gym and do like 10 to 15 minutes of, of arm exercise or chest. I don't know why I don't do them here. I just don't feel like doing them here. So sometimes me going to the gym, I can do some flies, I can do some lats, I can do some curls, triceps, and stuff like that. 
So I go there and I have an app that just sort of tracks like what I did last time. So I went in and I just tried to do what I had done last time. And, you know, it was hard, but it wasn't like impossible. So I just failed a couple times. But failing is good for muscle building, right? That's that's how you build more muscle. Um, but I didn't think anything of it. So the next day, though, <laughs> the next day I, I pulled, I guess, the tendon or strained it in both arms. Doing my measly amount of, of arm curls, bicep curls, bicep curls. To the point where I couldn't even lift my my bottle of water yesterday. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like trying to, like, I can't even hold it. So I'm like, I'm holding it like this. Like, I'm just drinking like a baby. Like, just trying to drink the water out of this thing. And I was like, what the? <laughs> so I look and I really, it turns out I haven't been in the gym in over a month. Um, so in my head, I was like, I go like, you know, once, sometimes twice a week. That's true, but not for like the entire month of January and most of February because I was away for some of it. There was some bad weather for some of it. The days I you know, I have to go to the chiropractor, I do that. Other days I don't have time to go. So it just turns out I hadn't gone. So I went and I basically did a full arm workout after 30-something days of not working them out at all. And now I'm paying the price. I will tell you that was Monday. I am still sore, but I'm back to just being able to drink uh, my water with one hand like a semi-adult. So that's it. I had a lot more to talk about today, but I'm running out of time, so I'm just going to dip out and we're going to get into some music. I've got brand new Pathmaker coming up at the top of the hour, so definitely stick around for that. That's going to be awesome. I've got other music, but uh, let's. Uh, we're going to go local for a little while because local and undersigned is the way to go, I think. These are some of my boys from up in Connecticut. Been playing with them for a very long time. It'd be very good to get back up on a stage with them. Maybe in 2024, maybe 25, 26. I don't know. Mahomes is probably still going to win the Super Bowl, so it doesn't really much matter. As I look at all our people, the pain that we feel is no equal. 100% minus one, but they're the people. We are the strong. They're fast, we are your leaders. The brother strong, but slow, slow, poke. Shall go to lead us to get the beat us. No, then who will lead us? I'm ill. No matter who's the power, it's all gone off the fifth of hell. If folks can kill, this real will make you ill. Have you down with the sickness? They deserve to feel real now. The ass is what our grievance is. Like Iraq and 9 11, we're just instances. Never mind what our economic condition is. Revolution's not our right, it's what our mission is. If you break me, Get out. You know they feel what they cannot stop That's why they cannot run again 
Is there a D nice? If one of y'all says some silly ass name, this whole class is gonna feel my wrath. Now, D nice. Do you mean Denise? Son of a bitch! You say your name right, right now. Denise? Say it right. Denise. Correctly. Denise. Right. Denise. Right. Hard rock. Lunch box. That's better. Thank you. Now, AA Ron. Oh! 
Burn another page. You'll never change the way you see yourself, and everybody else believes in anything that can give them a reason to fake it for one more day. Out in the One of the greatest things I get to do on this stupid show is play brand new music from local artists and stuff like that. Now, we have brand new music coming up from Pathmaker at the top of the hour, but it wasn't all that long ago that we broke this one from Born of Scars. Small steps on the box.
Taco Bell. I'm on an hard rock lunch box. Diet. God, Karen, you are so stupid. I'm not asking no question. I'm here to Bad Mary for you. So I got another new song here. Remember, I was going to play it last week, but I kind of ran out of time. Uh, so another new song from these dudes from Connecticut that we used to we actually used to play with them a bunch in the city. Uh, we not on purpose either. We would just end up on the same kind of shows. Uh, band is called Mile, Mar- Mile Marker Zero. I've been playing them on this show forever. Uh, this is a song called The Architect, uh, and they had a record. I think it was called 2020. No, it was the fifth row was the name of the record. 2020 was the song uh, that I really just thought was so, so good. Um, but they're they're super proggy, uh, and they're, you know, they're probably not everybody's cup of tea. But if you like, you know, in sort of like the Rush Dream Theater sort of area, like, I think it's worth playing. I mean, I, th- I think it's a good song. It's absolutely worth playing. But I think it's worth uh, playing for you guys so you guys can make up your own mind. They're incredibly talented. Uh, it's a band based around two brothers, the singer and the drummer. And I've just thought they've always been so smart and so talented with the way that they write uh, that I think it's worth giving a listen if you're at all inclined for some prog rock. It is a little bit longer, so that's why I'm giving you this big sort of preface. 
But don't worry, I got some uh, all new episode on the other side, and maybe you like that. But here's some brand new Mile Marker Zero songs called "Best Is Yet to Come."
you liked a little bit of that it's a like i said it's a very long song it's very good very well done does not even drag like a lot of seven minute songs kind of would so if you want to check out more from mile marker zero i could i highly recommend checking out 2020 or the architect from their uh album the fifth row it is awesome now let's get to some punk ska fun stuff Uh, i always love this one because it was it's an all-new episode song but it's labeled as all-new episode featuring noko ono which is like yeah man just say all-new episode
guy, Mr. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Mr. Lunch Box. Hands. No way. No way. Get real.
Ah, a little music from Badger there. Uh, so, as I mentioned in the chat here, uh, the next scheduled Rebel 9 show is April 19th at Mr. Beery's. Uh, we're in deck, uh, direct support for uh, Echo Sovereign, which will be, uh, I think, a good, fun show. Uh, I had actually tasked Kaz with uh, booking a show in March. I'm hoping he's working on that. Like, I really do, because uh, I would like to have a show to sort of support the fact that Aaliyah is coming out March 1st. I will say, uh, that is moving along. That song came out so goddamn good, man. I am so excited to play it for you. I have the master back on. What, uh, actually, what I have that's super interesting, uh, or might be interesting to people in my listening audience, is I'm starting to get the mixes back for the live Rebel 9 record. Yeah. That is, that is coming out something. That is... That is definitely something to be part of that process. But as I said, Terriginous is going to be opening, or not opening, they're going to be playing with us on that show sometime before us, I think. Uh, and if you don't remember them, that's cool. Greg is the main dude from uh, Terriginous. Greg, you might know better uh, as Victoria from Born of Scars' husband. That's how a lot of people know him. Uh, I actually know him as Greg. But uh, yeah, hey, man, small world. That's kind of how that works. Uh, and if you got what they would sound like, don't worry, I got you.
Who's up for some new music? That's right, kids. Time is finally at hand. This time for some brand new music from Pathmaker. Pathmaker, of course, a regular old staple here on the Hard Rock Lunchbox since they broke onto the scene however many years ago. Uh, what I find exciting about this particular song, I mean, if you've been paying attention to the Pathmaker uh, site and their their socials, uh, you'll see that they've been slowly releasing some other songs so you can kind of hear the material. But what's particularly exciting for me about this particular album that they've been working on that they're releasing uh is that while they were recording it they were working with our the same producer that we work with dave caggiano produced their uh, their new record along with pathmaker of course uh but what was funny is that we were recording our record at the exact same time that they were recording their record to the point where a lot of times when i would go in to do vocals i would actually be stepping over james's guitar gear in order to get to the vocal room and stuff like that so it's like it's just funny, like, all these local bands are now kind of just, like, rolling through. Like, it's not super uncommon, right? Like, that, that there's a couple of places you can work with people and record stuff uh, on the island and somewhat locally and stuff like that. Uh, but it's, it's you know, things are just sort of coalescing right now around a lot of the stuff that Caggiano's doing at, uh, at his studio. So it's just kind of fun. And uh, as, as such, I actually, I opted to not listen to the song when James sent it over because I want to hear it with you guys so I can hear it and just be as surprised or whatever as everybody else because I'm a music fan too and I'm a fan of Pathmaker and I like getting the new music experience just like everybody else does I think so I'm super psyched to listen to some brand goddamn new music from Pathmaker called Voices in the Mirror. And it's on the box. Oh, 
Hard Rock Lunch Box. Now, I know I was mentioning just before that uh, the, the live record, the uh, Rebel 9 live, live record is being mixed. Sounds, sounds really awesome so far. Like, Dave is doing a fantastic job with that. A lot of you were there for the recording of it, <coughs> for some of it, because uh, we're using various uh, recordings and stuff. Um, but so a lot of you were there for it. Um, and the uh, the reason I bring this up is because the impetus for doing that live record was like because it wasn't just a Rebel Nine live record, right? It was the Rebel Nine live version of the Razorblade Diaries. And the reason we did that, and the reason I decided to do it that way instead of just a flat out live record, is because. It had, you know, it had already been over 10 years. We had planned to do this uh, in 21, uh, when Razorblade Diaries would have been 21, uh, would have been 10 years old. Um, I, I tend to, in my head, downplay what that record sort of represented for us as a band, for the scene we were in at the time, for what music was kind of doing locally, and not that, like, we don't. Listen, we don't deserve any credit that we don't, you know, I'm not looking for any any credit here. I'm just trying to speak objectively, like why I thought it was important. Because at that time, there were just no records that sounded like that. Uh, it was, it took, it took us really stepping up, us working with an out-of-the-box producer, like, so that everything was sounding different and everything was sounding new and fresh and all that other stuff. All that being said, to me, the record sounds terribly stale and not at all representative of what we could do. And there's lots of reasons for it. Like, we were trying a lot of new stuff. I was pushing myself vocally as hard as I possibly, possibly could um, to try and do something that, honestly, like, if I tried to do today, would be so much easier. Like, because I'm such a much better singer now than I was then. And I'm much better, like, at the... Like, not only vocally, but at just kind of at the job of being a singer. I just... I'm, I'm just better at I mean, you could argue I'm not, but like I think I'm much better at it right now. Uh, and then because of the rollover of all the band members, like in years and years and years of playing those songs, there's been so much change in it that by the time you hear us now and we play something like Another Mistake or San Jose or Without... It's almost, it's. I mean, it's recognizable from the record, but it's like you could barely, you know, be like, wow, that's that's not what that sounds like. So that's why we decided to do, because we could have done a 10-year re-release, right? We could have just redone the record uh, and remixed it or remastered it. I mean, probably would have just redone it, but so actually would have been quicker. Uh, we could have just done that and just put that out. But I thought it was important to kind of capture how it is live because to be perfectly honest i guess as i'm I'm thinking i'm thinking this as i'm speaking so i haven't thought it out but like i would argue that the that the majority of our audience now and certainly most of the people listening to me right now their first introduction to those songs on that record was live because our fan base at that time incredibly different than what it is now, like, ve- like very, few, very few carryovers. It's unfortunate because I'd really like to have everybody still be a fan, but it's just not the way that it works. And maybe they're fans; they just don't come out to shows anymore. My point is, is like that was the, that was why. Because that, if that's the way you've heard us and heard those songs for the first time, then you should have something that represents. And 
when we roll out. Uh, I was going to start rolling out some of the live songs, but then I decided like we're gonna we're gonna drop Aaliyah on the first, and then I think we're gonna put out Inside. Um, might be right before the Mr. Beery show. I don't I don't know for sure, but that'll be the last of those singles. Uh, we're already in pre-production for new stuff, but after that is when I expect to um, to start rolling out some of the Diaries live. I also don't know that I'm going to release it to Spotify right away. It might be uh, like a kind of a members-only thing, like anybody that like bought a ticket will get a copy of it kind of thing. But I haven't worked out all the details. I did speak to Jake uh, from Approaching Troy because he's on the hook for making the video for uh, another mistake. He's got all the footage. He's just been waiting for the master for me. So that'll be happening sometime this year, too. Um, but the reason I bring this up and the reason it's at all segueing into what I'm going to do is because one of my favorite bands of all time decided to do something similar with their, with their, uh, you know, quintessential record, I suppose. Uh, and during COVID, Incubus did a live from Malibu performance of all the songs on Morning View. Arguably, and I'll argue it, one of the greatest rock records ever made. It is a perfect record. It is one of the the few records I can listen to from start to finish, like all the time. Like I, for the past twenty something years, I've been able to do it at any point in my life. It is a flawless record, in my opinion. And so what they did is they went back to the house they recorded it at in Malibu, and they did like a live stream performance. And this was during COVID, so like everything was inside, and everybody was doing new and creative stuff, which I thought was awesome. I thought that was great. And I thought that that would be the end of it, but it's not. So I don't know exactly know the impetus for all of this, but I know that Ben, who is their bass player, has officially left the band. He had a brain tumor last year and took some time off, and they had a fill-in for their touring. Uh, but now he has decided to step away completely. Uh, and as per Incubus and Ben, like they say, the door is always open. Door is always open. He's just. He's a member of Incubus for life, uh, but like you know, he's got things he wants to do now that's different, so he's out. So they have a, a new, they have a chick which bothers me, not because I'm sexist. I just, I just, I don't want to, I don't want a chick in my Incubus. That's basically what it is. It's as silly as that sounds. They have, a, they have a chick. She's the bass player. She's like the, like Panic at the Disco. She was the last bass player before Panic at the Disco broke up. Uh, name's Nicole something. But apparently, like, she came into the mix and, like, really kind of, you know, brought some, made everybody, like, kind of like, look at stuff a new way and all that other stuff. So what they're doing now is they're doing a redux of Morning View. And that's basically just re-recording the record kind of the way they play it now. And it's foolish to think that songs don't change over time. The reason I told you about the diary is because if you, once this comes out and you listen to another mistake on the recording of the diary and you hear another mistake in the live, you're going to be like, holy shit, is this a completely different song? It is definitely a completely different band. So it makes sense that things change over time. And that's not a bad thing. I love when things evolve. And I'm going to tell you that I'm going to play the first release from this Redux, a song called Echo, which is obviously on Morning View. Uh, it is a great song. It's not even in my top three of the record, but it's a great song anyway. But I'm going to say I'm going to say this, and I mean this with all love and honesty and all that other stuff. What I said about Morning View being a perfect record and a flawless record comes from a place inside me that like I cannot I cannot change. It is just part of who I am. It is how I believe things to be true in the universe. 
I don't know that they are ever going to improve on any of these songs, in my opinion. They might for you, they might for everybody else. But if I ever seem lukewarm as we troll through all of these, and we will go through all of these as they release them, if I seem lukewarm to it, it's because I feel they are trying to perfect something as pure and amazing as the first fire. And I just don't know that it can be done. But I'm happy to listen while they try. It's Incubus on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I think if you asked me like a year ago whether or not I'd be playing any Jelly Roll on the box, I probably would have said no, but, you know, hey, it's a new age. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, in the mood for some Slipknot. And, uh, hey, man, I got all the controls right here, so I guess I get what I want. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, that sound means it's only one thing. It's time for this week's Weekly Craving of the Week with Craving Strange. And I have no information on when they're going to start releasing new songs. I assume it'll be eventually, and that's about as official as we can get here at the Hard Rock Lunchbox. You got anything to add to that, Jimmy? Well, you heard it here last, ladies and gentlemen. Keep a lookout for new Craving material, because I know it's being worked on and probably close to done, but... Honestly, what the hell do I know? Except that it's time for your weekly Craving of the Week with Craving Strange.
lunch box. Ah, man, that does it for me. We are done with another Hard Rock Lunchbox. Unbelievable, I know. I hope you guys heard something new today. hope you guys heard something you liked today. I hope you guys had a generally good time for the two hours that we get to hang every week. So thank you for stopping by, and thank you for being part of the situation and the shenanigans. As always, it would be a very, very different show without you. So thank you for that. Uh, I want to thank everybody uh, for uh, all the birthday wishes this past week. I know it takes me a very long time to kind of get around to thanking everyone for that. I'm sorry I'm moving slower than normal and I'm just not as on social media as much, but it is appreciated. Uh, and I did uh, just go through a whole bunch of them and try and respond. So, again, thank you for that. And thank you for thinking of me on uh, my special day, which is still one of the gayest things I can think I can offer up as a phrase. But, hey, that's not your problem. It's mine. Also, my problem is picking the last song of the show, which is sometimes easy, sometimes it's not. I felt like going out with this one. It's a classic. It's a banger. It's the number of the goddamn beast. And I will see you all next week, right here on The Box. Whoa. Hard Rock Lunch Box.